Fun Belt Podcast. Fun Belt Podcast. Fun Belt Podcast. Fun Belt Podcast. It's just a, a great conference that is at a, at a point right now where they're, I think, clearly the best group of five conference in the country. The state of Sunbelt football is the strongest in our history. Uh, and we got to continue to showcase uh, what our league is about. Welcome back to the Fun Belt Podcast. My name is Jeremy Harper. His name is Shane Metlin from the Daily News record covering JMU. Congratulations, Shane, on uh, what looks like a 3-0 start so far for the JMU basketball team. Yeah, they've been really good so far wow. and leading at halftime as we record this uh, <laughs> in their fourth <laughs> game. So we'll see. Maybe it's a good start. Maybe it's a... Do not jinx the, jinx the Dukes by podcasting in the middle of the game. Oh, my God. Don't you know the rules? Yeah, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Tonight's show, we are missing our fearless leader, Dusty Thibodeau of the Warhawk Report. He is out tonight, so it's just Shane and I. So that gives us carte blanche to, to criticize, besmirch not only the ULM Warhawks, but perhaps the Astros as well, as Usual, this show has no sponsor. If anybody out there would like to sponsor Fun Belt Podcast, please reach out, slide into our DMs. We'd be happy to obtain some sort of sponsorship. Until then, you you we receive this penetrating insight free of charge. And uh, we're just happy to give it to you, aren't we, Shane? Shane. We are. <laughs> we're in this weird nexus point. Shane, this this sort of this sort of uh, a, a cosmic balance in the universe, uh, this this sort of eclipse between basketball and football. Right, it's like the end of the football season, but the beginning of the basketball season. So, if your football team is kind of in the dump uh, dumpster, you, you can take heart because it's basketball season now, right? And mm-hmm. maybe the it's not too late. It's not too it's too early for your basketball team to have already tanked so you've got a little bit of hope there and if your football team is doing well you can kind of be like okay well in the background i got basketball i'm still going to be focused on football i love my team but look at look there's my basketball team too so there it seems like there's more sub atomic particles crammed into the universe at this time more than at any time in 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 in, in, in any period of time would you agree with that scientific assessment, Shane? Yeah, I think it's very scientific. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a great time of year. I mean, you're talking about, you know, if you're in the dumps in one sport or optimistic in another, or you could be like Southern Miss and both are a little bit better than maybe people thought they were going to be starting the season. And uh, you know, then you're really feeling good. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really a magic time of year. Like the, the opposite of that to me is when the final pitch of of uh, college baseball is thrown in the baseball world series college world series and it's like there's nothing for months you know mm-hmm. it's just it's, it's just a wasteland of waiting for fall to begin and you can get right back into that cycle so i feel right now we are at the peak we're at the apex we're standing on top and i thought maybe tonight first we talk a little bit about basketball before we 
dug into the to the football season, which is really coming to a thunderous crescendo. Let's talk a little bit about basketball and how the Sun Belt has come off to a, a pretty good start. Shane, do you, what do you think of this this sort of I think you know the Sun Belt never really has great a, a by and large doesn't have a great schedule uh, for out of conference, but the Sun Belt has picked up some wins. Yeah, it's not easy to schedule games, and they're playing a lot of lot of non division one games have been on the schedule so far yes. that you can't take a lot out of. But Sun Belt's got some high major conference victories right now. They've got Southern Miss, who I mentioned before, not yeah. expected to do much in the Sun Belt, goes to Vandy <laughs> and wins. You yeah. Know, they've got wins over, you know, ACC teams or, you know, a close loss in Georgia State's, uh, Georgia State's case to an ACC team. Right now, like I said, we're recording this in the middle of a bunch of games. App State's looking good at Louisville. Those are some, you know, <laughs> maybe some of these teams are down, but for the Sun Belt to get SEC, ACC wins when those are your neighbors and you're trying to build a basketball brand, it's a big thing to do for this early in the season. Absolutely. And then you got South Alabama uh, playing Alabama. I believe I believe they have the Crimson Tide in Mobile tonight for that game. And that's yeah. gonna be, that's a nice one. I know that last season, South Alabama played the Crimson Tide really close at Alabama. So I'd be interested to see. Uh, how South Alabama does against them this year. But yeah, it's great. You know, um, so far, I, I, I feel like everything's more or less gone the script. We've seen some some goofy upsets, uh, you know, Queens upsetting Marshall, for instance, although you insisted that Queens might be a pretty good team. So I don't know anything about Queens, but I'll, I'll take your word for that. You know, my Arkansas State did okay against LSU. They were an 18-point underdog in that game. They ended up losing by nine, so they 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 sort of cut that deficit in half. Uh, ULM uh, they came back, had a great win over <laughs> something called uh, Dallas Christian or Christian Dallas or something like that. Yeah, sure, okay. It's a lot of of Division three kind of teams out there that the Sun Belt's collecting wins, but it, it's a lot of ways. It's like it's better to win those games than it is to lose those games. And I just like seeing that. How you like your JMU going uh, uh, in these le- first three games, not counting this game? They've looked really good so far. They're, you know, just crushing teams. And the teams they've played have progressively gotten better, and they still yeah. beat – I think it's going to be a pretty solid Buffalo team by 35. Um, and I don't expect them to continue to shoot the ball as well as they have so far, but like it's been, it's been a very promising start. I also now, have to say, you warned me about the jinx, and <laughs> <laughs> Louisville came back and beat App State by one. So, <laughs> oh no way! Yeah, oh, look what you've done. It's all yeah. Your, well, I, I guess know. it's our fault. It's our fault for that. You know what? And I had, I probably jinxed them too because I I tweeted out how how great that I, I don't know. Have you guys have you ever seen Appalachian State in action in basketball? Uh, not in person. I've seen them on TV a few times, but, uh, now last year they had the Mountaineers had some of the stiffest defense that I'd ever seen in person. I mean, those guys, uh, they, they just play a style of basketball that almost kind of reminds me of Princeton in a way, just kind of just, just, just stuffy, um, 
hard-nosed, under-the-basket basketball that's really hard to, 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 to score points on it. And it looked like that's what was happening to Louisville in that first quarter, uh, first half. Couldn't get any points by the Mountaineers. I did notice that they had found a way to score on the Mountaineers in the second half. That's a, a, a too bad to have that loss against Louisville. Louisville's not that good. I think they, they already had some pretty embarrassing losses. Yeah. On, it, it, on it's not center. a vintage Louisville team, but I still think, you know, for the – conference building a brand in the sport that would have been a big one but but alas yeah i mean it's always, <laughs> it's always good to have that feather in the cap it's kind of like beating notre dame you know it's 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 it, whether they're good or they're bad that's just fine I, you know what ha, is has the college football playoff released their top 25 yet i don't know i haven't been checking Twitter for that. I've got too many other things up on the screen right now. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I normally see that. I haven't seen any buzz on that, so um, it's kind of funny. I don't know if are they supposed to release one tonight? Surely they are. I think so. Huh. Yeah, because I was going to gripe about it. Yeah, the AP. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. So the AP they ranked uh, Coastal Carolina. Uh, they ranked them behind Tulsa, which bugs me. I feel like Tulsa is is not Tulsa. I'm sorry, uh, Tulane. I feel like Tulane's getting way too much credit. It really bugs me that the Sun Belt, which has been a really good football conference this year, has had to. I don't. I don't know what it has to do <laughs> to get recognition that goes above and beyond the Americans. I don't know why Tulane is getting all this credit. They, they beat Kansas State, and that's really all they've got. And somehow, we're still on the second fiddle behind Tulane. Can you explain that, Shane? Shane, you're a seasoned sports guy. Please explain to me what's happening here. You know, I think it's basically entirely the Kansas State victory for Tulane, which I'll admit is impressive. It's, it's a good win. It's probably the best win that anybody in this conversation has right now. But, you know, I do think, I do think it's hard to justify or explain how Coastal Carolina is not showing up in the college football playoff rankings at all. I think you can make a case for either one of them who's better in the AP top 25 and in the, you know, it's a, it's an actual debate between Coastal and Tulane. I feel like right now and, both sides can make their case, but I don't understand why we're not seeing Coastal in these college football playoff rankings and haven't yet. And um, yeah, I mean, they're eight and one. I mean, their one loss does look bad at this point because ODU, ODU's fallen off the table. It's, you know, they're riddled by injuries. They're not, ODU is not any good anymore. We'll just be frank. <laughs> frank. I mean, and I think they're playing and- pretty well at the time, but. I think, yeah, I think ODU is one of those teams that was playing a little bit above its head. You know, they, it always surprised me. I would, I would talk about the ODU defense and then I would look at overall stats, total defensive stats, and they're in the bottom third of, of defensive stats. It's just that they're very tough. Uh, they've got a really tough red zone defense, but apart from that, I mean, the one thing that, uh, Coastal Carolina has in common with Tulane is having both played Southern Miss and Tulane lost to Southern Miss at Tulane. So Coastal Carolina 
beat Southern Miss. So I, I, I know that's kind of a weak way to measure teams, but still Tulane has two losses. Coastal has one. I just don't understand how that works. I mean, I do understand how it works out. It's a lot of laziness. I think a lot of people beyond the top 10 don't really give much thought. You know, they like the, the, yeah. the they like the story of Tulane. Tulane's a really small school. They got Willie Fritz. Everybody likes Willie Fritz. People want Tulane to be a top 25 school. I just don't know if they are. But hey, you know what? Let's stop. Shane, let's stop talking about it. why did you get me talking about Tulane? <laughs> you, you got me all you got me all talking Tulane, man. Who cares about the green wave? We're talking about the fun belt. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the Sun Belt and how they performed last week. Let's start with that JMU game. Hey, JMU, they're back. Yeah, well, I mean, Todd Santeo was back, and that makes a huge, huge difference <laughs> for JMU. It's, uh, you know, Kurt Signetti said after the game, he played at about 80% at ODU, and at 80%, he completed his first 11 passes, and he threw for, he threw for 300 yards, and he ran for a touchdown, and he looked much more like himself. And, you know, the JMU offense looked a lot more like it did the first five games of the season. And, you know, they still didn't play anything close to their best game of the season, but they handled ODU on the road. You know, it was a blowout by the end. And, yeah, they're they're back, at least to some degree. They're back in the conversation. If they win out, they're going to technically finish first in the East. They won't play a championship game, but they'll technically finish first in the East if they win out. And wouldn't that be a nice way to open – Open their their the 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 their we call it the inaugural season in the FBS. Way to go! Yeah. Meanwhile, ODU they dropped their fourth straight. Uh, ever since beating Coastal Carolina and making Coastal Carolina really rethink the way they operate, uh, just haven't been able to put anything together. I know that uh, Ricky Rainey knew that he was going to have a tough season this year. Uh, and he's really, uh, it, it finally kind of caught up to him. So uh, I believe he's one of, of a few, a handful of, of Sunbelt teams that have no chance for the, uh, for any kind of postseason. Sp- speak, not speaking of postseason, but speaking of your sagacity, your wisdom, your, your crystal balls. When we were talking about ULM Georgia State last week, I, you know, Tibbs was kind of like, oh, you know, we, uh, ULM hasn't won on the road since like 2019. I'll believe it when I see it. You, Shane, on the other hand, were like, oh, you know, I, I don't know if I, I give the Panthers much credence. I, I really think ULM could do something with this game. And sure enough, ULM wins this game. How did you know, Shane? I don't I just feel like, I mean, it's sort of just a gut feeling that like, ULM had been building towards that next step. They've, they've performed, they've taken those steps that a rebuilding program takes where they, you know, beat a rival and yeah. then they, you know, win some game, you know, string some games together where they're in the mix for a bowl game. And then that next thing is to do it on the road. And it just seemed like a good opportunity for them to do that because you never know what Georgia state team is going to show up week to week. <laughs> That's right. Georgia state to me, Georgia state and the Cajuns, are two of the most mysterious and frustrating teams in the Sun Belt. One, one week you're going to see a great Panthers team, and the next week you're just going to see a crap Panthers team. And the Cajuns are the same way, and that's why they're five and five. You, you, they get one, they have a game, and they look like they're the Cajuns of the old, 
and then they get blown out by some team that 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 they weren't supposed to get blown out by. It's it's really strange to see. Meanwhile, my Red Wolves finally came away with a win against the Minutemen, possibly the worst team in the FBS. But the Minutemen hung in there. The Minutemen scored three times as many points as their season average against the Red Wolves. Shane, that was tough to watch. Listen, a win is a win. I'm glad to see a W in the win column. But, man, that I am one of those guys that even though I don't anticipate the Red Wolves being very good at basketball this year, I am looking forward to basketball season. I'm waiting for this football season to come to its conclusion. Uh, so it was really good, though, to have that win, to go home and not be just totally angry. Uh, that's always nice. Uh, what other games am I missing of significant note? Coastal Carolina and Southern Miss. Oh, my God. I thought yeah. Southern Miss was going to come away with that victory. What happened? I don't actually know. I didn't get to see really any of it. I was following the score. And, yeah, uh, Coastal, they pulled it out. They pulled it out without Grayson McCall, which is important. You know, maybe they'll get him back before it's all said and done this season. And, you know, if they can continue to eke out these wins, they're at least they at least have all that in front of them. The, me, the Sun Belt me, Championship, the possible Cotton Bowl, though it doesn't look good right now, as we <laughs> talked about the rankings before. Yeah, but yeah, well, they at least me, have that in front of them. Well, let me. Yeah, let me. You said you didn't see the game. I didn't see the game either, but I, I studied the statistics afterwards, and it looks like the prototypical Coastal Carolina win, where Coastal Carolina comes away like right away gangbusters. They score like two touchdowns in the field goal, maybe three touchdowns in the field goal. I forget exactly how it went, but they got an early lead. And then, as usual, the opponent, this time Southern Miss, start chipping away at that lead. Just chip, chip, chip. And pretty soon, Southern Miss in the third quarter, actually, or maybe it was early in the fourth, took the lead. Then Coastal Carolina just came out with a sort of a, 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 a touchdown that sealed the game. Put out their defense and for nine minutes held the uh, the Southern Miss scoreless. Ended up winning that game in Conway, but once again, it was a less than one score game for Coastal Carolina to come away with a victory. I I'm done betting against Coastal Carolina. That I, I they've won me over. I've decided that it's a damn shame that they lost to ODU. Because we'd be talking about Coastal Carolina in even a shinier light, but uh, but uh, they're good, and to to do that without Grayson McCall is, is quite impressive. Uh, you know what's who's not impressive, Shane? Who? Appalachian State, not impressive. Yeah. <laughs> not not particularly. No, didn't think what? we'd be saying that at this point in the season. <laughs> I know, you know, this game, it was, it was, it was kind of built at least in in my mind as, as the, the giant killer game, you know, it was Marshall who had come off beating uh, Notre Dame and it was Appalachian State who had beat Texas A&M. Both of those teams were top 10 teams at the time. And uh, now both of them were struggling to make uh, bowl eligibility. They both had identical records coming in. I, once again, I had some faith in uh, Appalachian State. I kind of thought that there was no way they were going to lose that game. And quite frankly, I feel like Marshall's kind of finding themselves again. And Marshall's defense is really good. I mean, the, 
I go back to, you know, when I saw him in person against JMU and JMU was shorthanded. And I think it could have been a different game if they had Todd Santeo, but you can take that out of it. And Marshall's defense was still really good and has been really good week to week this season. I mean, they keep what's a completely one dimensional offense. That's basically all Kalal Laborn running the ball. It's their entire offense and they keep them in games like week in, week out. And it's pretty impressive to see that defensive performance this year. You know, with, with Marshall being on the East Coast, I don't always get to keep a close eye on what they're doing. But Layboard, he is by far the most prolific runner this year. He has 1,200 yards. He has 14 touchdowns. I mean, it's just like, I don't think anybody's, you know, everybody was looking at Ali, and they didn't really real think about this Layboard guy. And he's really good. He might, uh, you know, I think there's a big uh, case to be made for uh, for a Carlton Marshall, Colton Marshall, Carlton Marshall, Marshall Carlton. <laughs> Who's the guy for Troy? I'm not even sure. <laughs> uh, the defensive guy, the guy. Who's oh Marshall. yeah. Are you talking about for Player of the Year? Yeah, Carlton Marshall, I think is his name. Yes, but they'll yeah. do a defensive and an offensive Player of the Year, right? We we do. Uh, the Sun Belt does do that. Well, all right. They do a well. Do they do player of the year? Then off, I think no, I think they do all three. I think we do player of the year, ah, defense. I, I labor might end up be the offensive player of the year, but he might be the player of the year. Uh, he just he just really racks it up. I'm really impressed with that guy. Here's something I wasn't too impressed with Troy 10, Army 9. Yeah. But Troy, Troy wins those games. And, you know, it's not the first time they've done that, like where it doesn't look great just, you know, going across the ESPN ticker, but they beat teams and they continue to do it. And their defense, talking about Marshall's defense, Troy's defense well, is also good. Yeah, Troy was down 9-0 to zero in that game fairly early. And it took them the whole game. <laughs> to pound out 10 points and take that lead at the end of the game. So, I, you know, like it's kind of like Coastal Carolina. They're, they're just kind of doing just enough to win games. Makes me a little bit nervous. Yeah. If that ends up being the championship game, who's going to do just a little bit more to win that one? <laughs> It'll be like a Jim Brown game. Just doing yeah. just expending just enough energy to get that first down. That's, that's kind of how they play. Sort of a rope-a-dope offense and it's uh, just strong little defense both teams really have good defense and then uh, i guess the last game that i can think of a, of note was a game that was really important to the head coach of texas state jake spavadol he kind of really needed to come up with a good performance against south alabama south alabama sort of dumped on him early and uh texas state kind of came back late in the game but didn't didn't nearly have enough to overcome what South Alabama had done to them. Now there's a lot of grumbling in San Marcos. Oh, a lot of grumbling about getting rid of Steph Spavadol. Not even sure if when Arkansas State comes to San Marcos this weekend, if Spavadol will be there. Have you heard any rumblings through your newspaper network? I, no, but I did find it interesting. I did find it interesting before the game, our friend Kev Chardello, who covers Texas State, he yeah. tweeted uh -huh. one of something I found kind of interesting. 
uh-huh. probably meaningless, but he tweeted that uh, Spavadol, Jake Spavadol was the only Texas State coach who wasn't wearing Texas State gear and he was wearing all black. I was, and my first thought was like, he's going to his own funeral here. <laughs> like, I know. What a, I, I saw that. I thought <laughs> I was like, this is it for him. It's like he's dressing <laughs> for his own funeral. Like, uh it's a little probably absolutely meaningless but, but that was my initial thought when i saw Keith tweet that i was just like wow yeah and i have a feeling uh keith and, and others there w- wouldn't have minded minded if the casket had shown up at halftime and and poor <laughs> jake spavadol just put himself inside of it and they wheeled it away but yeah it's it was it's it's not been a good uh good few years for texas state fans who have been waiting for that sort of magic moment when things would all work together i think they really thought the addition of of uh, lane hatcher might be that stir that finally stirs it up but yeah. for whatever reason it just hasn't happened so many heartbreaking losses this year a lot of kind of like reverse uh coastal carolina it's just doing just enough to lose yeah and know? i feel a little bit bad for him because he, for one, he seems like a very likable guy. Everybody they, loves him. They're better. I think they've improved as a program this year. But the West division is better than we thought it was going to be. It's deeper than we thought it was going to be. Uh, you know, they play a fairly tough East. You know, they have to travel to JMU. That's a fairly tough draw with the East division. Like, it was going to be tough for them to win six games this year. I feel like he's improved a little bit, but just isn't going to meet meet the standard that the new administration there is kind of set for him. Yeah. It, you, you know, you do bring up an important point about the division. It, it, to me, it's, there's no question that the two weakest teams in the Sun Belt are Texas state and Arkansas state. And they both belong to the West, but beyond that, I feel like the East and the West are very evenly matched. And I feel like maybe even Troy and South Alabama could be, make cases for, for being the two best teams in the Sun Belt. I don't know if that's true. I will only know until the championship game and get that all hammered out. But it has been, to me, a little bit of surprise how strong the West has been this year. I think I counted uh, head-to-head what it's been. I think it's something like six and seven. Uh, Sun Belt West, six wins. Sun Belt East, seven wins. I thought, <laughs> I thought Southern Miss was going to pull us over the top on the Sun Belt West. Uh, they couldn't quite get it done at Conway. There's a few more opportunities. I guess we'll see at the end. But uh, until then, I, I, I think the East is still stronger, but maybe not as uh, maybe the the balance is a little bit better than previously thought. You know what? What it might be time for, Shane? What might it be time for? An update on that JMU basketball game. Oh, right now, JMU leads Howard. 81-58 with about six minutes to go. Wow, it's because it was a close game last It was. And they've gone on a couple runs here, it looks like. And yeah, it looks like they're going to improve to 4-0 four and, four and, and all wins blowouts. It'd be interesting. They play number one North Carolina on Saturday. I'm going to go down to Chapel Hill. We'll find out if they're for real. Now, if you guys win that, that'd be a nice feather in the cap of the Sunday. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be a little jealous too, because I, I've been waiting for my Red Wolves to come up with a kind of a win like that for about 30 years now, and I haven't gotten it. So, also on the slate, Georgia State 
they get a little bit of breathing room with Mercer, 57-52 right now. Mercer and Georgia State, they have a little rivalry between each other. They don't really talk about it so much, but they, they hate each other. And Mercer often comes on top of that, top of that matchup. So I know some people down in Georgia State's going to be happy if, if they somehow end up with this win against, against yeah. Mercer. There it is, 61-60, Appalachian State. Oh, they must have taken a they must have taken a bucket off the board in review or something because it originally it originally said end of second half Louisville sixty two sixty one on the ESPN. Okay, because yeah, I'm looking at it here. It says App State's won. Wow, yeah. great. So listen to the entire Sun Fun Belt podcast, everybody, so you know how this game actually turned out because I I led you astray early on. <laughs> Uh, Coach Kearns at, at Appalachian State doing a great job. Uh, yeah. He has such a great repertoire or uh, repartee, well, I think is the word I'm looking for, with the student section there. Uh, he's really turned that program around. I know the Appalachian State used to just be a, a terrible basketball program, just was, was god awful when they entered the Sun Belt. Uh, now they're contenders. Uh, I don't know if beating Louisville makes them contenders. Louisville is not very good. But they contended last year, and so far, it seems like they could be good this year. Very interesting. Tell me this. Tell me that before we move on. Did Appalachian State just become one of those teams you talked about at the beginning that is disappointed in football and looking forward to basketball at this point in the year? Who would have guessed that? <laughs> I know, All right. So uh, I, I do know that parental, uh, uh, yearly, annually, that distinction always belongs to Georgia State. <laughs> They're always like ready for basketball season by this time. But you're right. Who would have thought that Appalachian State fans would be a hundred percent vested in basketball? They're turning their basketball. they're turning to basketball to uh, get their solace. <laughs> right yeah. Now. yeah. It kind of reminds me. I lived in Tennessee for, or I lived in Knoxville for a year. And the year I was there, the football team was like a top t- was preseason top ten rank. It was supposed to be a gangbuster team, and uh, they weren't. They were terrible. They lost almost every week. It was awful. And there's this like funeral sort of attitude in all of Knoxville. I mean, it, they were just depressed. Was, the city was just without life. But that year, Bruce Pearl was coaching the basketball team, and. And there was they, they were like unexpectedly good, and it really just sort of pumped up the city. Like the city really got behind basketball, which they hadn't gotten behind in years. Maybe that's what's happening at Appalachian State Chain. We might just be Maybe. seeing a, a transition of power from football to basketball out there at Boone. Perhaps. I mean, <laughs> we we do have to admit that like it says something about Appalachian State's program that. Five and five right now is a massive disappointment. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot yeah. of programs that would be thrilled to still have that chance for the, you know, seven wins. Yeah, and it, tell you the truth, you know, uh, this is what happens in the Sun Belt is that you just have programs that have uh, periods of uh, sustained excellence, and, and they go a, a long time of always winning. I think about the old Trojan teams. There are some old North Texas teams that, that, that way. The Cajuns have been that way before. Arkansas State had 10 years of going to bowl games. Uh, and then you had Appalachian State, who had 
sort of a mediocre season their first year, and then ever since has been very dominating. Uh, since then, it just happens. I think Appalachian State fans are probably in a bit of a, a what-the-hell moment. I mean, I, I already see fans sort of grumbling about Sean Clark and complaining about play calling and, 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 and uh, not necessarily calling for dismissals, but it's sort of getting there. And it, it, it is something that happened to Georgia Southern, too, where Georgia Southern had that, exp- ex- that sort of extended period of time when they were just unstoppable. And then suddenly they weren't, you know, you have one bad recruiting class or you, you hit a run of bad luck and it's just hard to overcome. So I feel like maybe Appalachian States in that period, I feel like there needs to be sort of an autopsy done on this season on them just to see where things went wrong. Cause it, it, it's kind of interesting to see just how different of a team they look now as a pair compared to years past. So uh, maybe we should get our, our, our good friend, uh, TK from Appalachian State to give us a little autopsy at the end of the year. I think he would have some interesting things to say. Based on, based on his Twitter feed, I think he would have some interesting things to say. I know. No, it's, been, it's been so sad for him because he's usually very uh, very pumped up about his uh, Appalachian State Mountaineers, but not so this year. You know what it's time for? Not, not, not time for another update for JMU. I think we know right. that JMU is going to win that game, don't we? It looks, it looks looking pretty solid right now. I think so. I think it's time for second and short. I think you're right. Now, you know, usually with second and short, you know, I, I have two guys to choose from. It's just going to be you, man. You're going to have to do the heavy lifting on second and short, Shane. I, I, I need to know now before we start. Are you physically, emotionally, and spiritually capable of carrying second and short? I don't know if I'm physically capable of doing much, but I, I'm hoping I can handle the other two aspects of that. Okay. All right. So it's time for second and short. And the premise of second and short is that we discuss upcoming games and we keep it that we, we try to keep it at two minutes. Is that right? Two minutes? It's two minutes, right? Yes. That's All what right. we agreed well, on. And I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna I'm gonna be transparent. This last couple of times. I haven't even had a timer. I've just inside my head known what two minutes felt feels like. And I'm going to keep that way. I think I know. I think I've got it. Okay. All right. Well, let's start with the first game. First game is kind of an early morning game. It's at 11 a.m. It's on ESPN3, which is a little strange because it's a top 25 game. The Cajuns at Florida State, ESPN, 11 a.m. I got I honestly, Shane, I feel like this could be a very interesting and fun game. Cajuns are five and five. They're looking to get that sixth win. Uh, they have they come and try. They play the Seminoles, the ACC, ranked twenty three. Which I, I don't know anything really about these guys. I haven't really been paying attention to Forest. They didn't even realize this was a ranked team before I started doing my little bit of research into it. What do you think? Does, is there a chance that that Florida State has trouble with Andre Jones and the uh, Cajuns defense? I think it's there's a chance they have some trouble with it. I I don't see the Cajuns going down there and winning outright, but I do mm-hmm. think that I'm looking at a 24 point spread. That seems that seems wide 
to me. That's, That's crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really know what else to say about you. Like you, I haven't watched a lot of Florida State because I'm watching Sunbelt games on Saturdays. And yeah. a little surprised to see a 7-3 and three ACC team ranked, honestly. I, to be yeah. honest with you, you know, I, I don't think – I'm not expecting Louisiana to go down there and win, but they've been playing better. I feel like I feel like 24 points is just a lot if you're going to gamble on this one. First of all, there, there seems to be way too many 7-3 and three teams represented in the APT, AP Top 25. Don't get me started again on that, Shane. I, I already did my little huffing and puffing about that. I feel like I've wasted enough time. But to see Florida State 7-3 and three in the Top 25... Ahead of Coastal Carolina, nine and one. I'm just a little upset about that. I'm, I'm going to move on past it, though. And I'm going to tell you what. First of all, I feel like the Cajuns have done a good job by elevating Ben Woldridge as the number one quarterback. You know, he was kind of, he was, uh, he was, you know, doing sort of the, the quarter, dual quarterback with uh, Chandler for a while. And it wasn't really working. Settled on this Woldridge who has thrown for 12 touchdowns in the time that he's been named the full-time starter. So he's doing pretty well. Not only that, that that Andre Jones, the, the linebacker for the Cajuns, that guy's a legit beast. I, I feel like he's going to get his sacks. He's going to get his, his big tackles. I don't know if the Cajuns beat Florida State. I do know that you and I are in agreement that that 23-24 point spread is a little ridiculous. I see the Cajuns beating the spread. How about you? I Yeah, I agree. All right. Next game on the docket, I bet you'll be watching. Georgia State at James Madison, 1 p.m. on ESPN+. We talked about Todson Teo returning with a 300-yard game. Looking more like Todson Teo. Let's admit it, he hasn't looked the same, like the same guy the last few weeks. As a result, you know, JMU has dropped three, then come back to the oh, ODU. Meanwhile, Georgia State, coming from that loss to ULM, probably thinking about basketball season right now, but Georgia State needs a couple wins if they want to see the postseason. I know Sean Clark would like to make it. What do you think you're going to see in this game, Shane? I feel like it's a good matchup for JMU. And I've said that previously when they played Marshall and then it went the exact opposite way uh, with the last minute last minute injury change. But I just feel like JMU saw a better version of this offense to a certain degree at Louisville with the mobile quarterback, the quarterback who wants to run. And they shut down Malik Cunningham at Louisville. That was not the reason they lost that game. They couldn't do anything on offense yeah. there. But I feel like they're built to slow down what Georgia State is good at. And I feel like at home, getting a little bit of momentum back, this should be a game that JMU can win. You know, I think this will be, in the Sun Belt, one of the most physical games at the line of scrimmage that you're going to see this year. You've got JMU, which is number one defending the run in the Sun Belt. Mm -hmm. You've got the Panthers, number one at running the ball in the Sun Belt. Granger's a running quarterback, too. He'll get 100 yards easy any day. That's going to be a fun game. 
the Dukes are a nine-point favorite. I think that's accurate. I think I think that's that's a good good spread. It's going to be a hard-ass nine points. It's not going to be easy nine points. I think it's going to be a really scrappy, hard-fought game. Georgia State needs it so bad to keep their bowl hope hopes alive. I know James Madison has 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 designs on on winning the division too. So there's plenty of interest on both sides. This is going to be one of the better games of the of, of, of the week. What do you think? I think it should. I think, you know, like you say, you don't know what to get week week for uh, Georgia State. But coming off the loss that they shouldn't have lost, I think they'll probably, they'll probably come out ready to play. I just feel like, like I said, I just feel like the, the matchup favors JMU. The strengths and the weaknesses of both teams favor what JMU wants to do. Half an hour later, at 1.30 p.m., on the ESPN Plus, Old Dominion and Appalachian State Logheads. I, 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 don't, I, I feel like there's probably some regional hatred between the two. Seems like there might be. I don't know if there's if, what, what else they have going between each other. I, I do know this. I don't know much about Old Dominion. I imagine they're just about 100% ready for basketball right now. I think that's also Yeah, I mean they've lost four straight after after briefly being on top of the Sun Belt East with two and oh and having beaten Coastal Carolina. Uh, that being said, I, I don't have any more trust in Appalachian State. I can't tell you, Shane, how many times I put a few bucks on Appalachian State just sort of remembering how good they played in the last five years. And, and sort of just sort of dismissing how poorly they played in 2022. I would not be surprised if Old Dominion finds a way to beat Appalachian State. And Appalachian State really needs these two wins to be bowl eligible. Are, are we going to see a motivated Appalachian State chain? I feel like we're more likely to see a motivated Appalachian State than a motivated um, Old Dominion, to be honest. You know, yeah. ODU's they're missing their two best offensive players. Yeah. They, they kind of, you know, once it started getting out of hand on Saturday against James Madison, that kind of felt like the end of the season for ODU. They're just, they're too beat up. They're too, they're not going to make it to a bowl game. I don't know. I, I'm not expecting much out of ODU this weekend. Well, Vegas is neat. Vegas has, 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 has put down a 15 and a half point uh, line for the Mountaineers. And that's probably, that's probably right. But like I said, I, I, I just can't pick Appalachian State anymore. They've broken my heart too many times, Shane. I'm just going to move on from Appalachian State. I, I, I wish them the very best. <laughs> but I can't, I can't with, with any degree of confidence pick them to win over any team this year. I'm done. This next game is a little difficult. 2.30 SPN 3. They had a press conference today. Coastal Carolina at Virginia. Virginia coming off that real tragic shooting. Three football players killed. Two critically injured, still in the hospital. Uh, Coach held the press conference, like I said, this afternoon. They haven't made a decision on whether or not the game will be played. Uh, I don't think anybody would blame Virginia saying, hey, listen, this isn't a conference game. Uh, 
doesn't really have a big impact on us one way or the other. Uh, we're just going to decline to play this game. I don't think anybody would would say no to that. On the football side, you know, Coastal Carolina are, almost needs this game if they want to get that Cotton Bowl recognition. They've got to beat a Power 5 team yeah. to, to get that sort of recognition. So it would hurt Coastal Carolina in that way. Do you think this game's even going to be played, Shane? I don't know. I in the immediate aftermath, I didn't think there was any way. But the fact that they haven't, as of right now, haven't canceled it, said they're still still yeah. deciding. They're meeting with the team, the players. Maybe they want to play. Uh, it, it seems possible they haven't already made a decision. But I could see it going either way. And like you said, it, it's completely, completely secondary to what matters most. But it is... It is kind of a relevant thing nationally for you know those that group of five access bowl, whether or not Coastal Carolina gets to play this game. It, it's a it's a terrible, terrible situation all the way around. You know to talk about the football game at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like... hard to talk about it as a football game, but it would mean a whole lot to Coastal Carolina to get the opportunity to play it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's 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 kind of a sh- that, it, football wise. That's a shame. Real world wise, it just it's really confusing. Well, I, I I get the idea of them wanting to play. They, they want to play for their mates. They they, they want to come out and say, "Listen, we we're going to dedicate the, this game to our friends." But at the same time, also, I I just don't know how emotionally you can get up for something as trivial as a football game. Yeah. And you're right. It, it, I was expecting when they held that press conference today, I was expecting the athletic director and the coach to say, hey, listen, um, you know, we spoke to Coastal Carolina and Jamie Chadwell. We all agree. We're, we're just not going to have the game. That didn't happen. So, yeah, that makes me yeah. think that it could very well happen. Uh, Cavaliers are a two-point favorite, <laughs> which which tells me that Vegas is just sort of taking a pass on on trying to, to prognosticate the game. Uh, I don't know. I don't know too much about Virginia. Didn't didn't the Sun Belt clash with Virginia earlier this season? Yeah, they barely beat ODU at home earlier this season. ODU had a chance to win that one uh, late. Um, yeah, I mean, even before everything off the field happened, I was sort of surprised Jamie, or that Virginia was favored in this one. So i trying to guess if it gets played what the response from Virginia is going to be on the field is like almost impossible to guess how they yeah, play. I, th- I thought maybe the two points, one that's the home field advantage, but two maybe yeah. knowing that Grayson McCall wasn't going to be there. So maybe, it's just been it's been a bad season for it was a bad season for Virginia to begin with that you know turned into something completely different this week and if they if they do decide to play it I wouldn't even want to hazard a guess of what how Virginia might play in it. Moving forward, two thirty PM on the NFL network. Just love this bizarre uh, relationship we have with the NFL Network. 
South Alabama at Southern Miss, 2.30 p.m. We, we have a, a, a team that one team is struggling to keep up with the division leader, which that being Troy. Yeah, South Alabama really needs this win if they want to keep any hope alive of overtaking Troy. Southern Miss had five wins. Could have gotten against uh, Coastal Carolina, but now has to try to go get that sixth win versus South Alabama. They get to try to close that out at Hattiesburg, where they play really tough. Listen up, Coach Walmack has a lot of incentive. Keep pace with the, with the uh, Trojans. Uh, I, I I don't know who exactly has the has more incentive to win, but Vegas sees Jags as a seven and a half favorite. What do you think? That seems about right. I think it's going to be a close game. Southern Miss, you know, plays nothing but close games and <laughs> <laughs> and has a lot to play for in this one. Um, is a good defense. I that that just sounds about right to me. I think it's going to be close, but I think South Alabama is a better team that can pull it out. I think that South Alabama is a better team offensively and defensively. I think that Southern Miss, great work by Will Hall. Congratulations. You've done a good job this season. You've, you've Like I said, you've outkicked the coverage. But uh, there's only so far that luck will take you. I feel like you used it for three quarters against Coastal uh, and this ran out of steam. I don't see Southern Miss beating the Jags. I think the Jags are going to win this game. I would think twice about picking that spread, though. Uh, uh, Southern Miss still seems to have enough luck to cause some problems, uh, and that's just me. I, I don't know if I would just I would pick Jags at seven and a half. <laughs> I love this game. Shane, ULM at Troy, 2.30 p.m., ESPN+. Plus. Oh, my God. After seeing that Army game and then seeing ULM against Georgia, uh, Georgia State, this game could be a whack-out coming to game. I mean, uh, Troy scores the least amount of points in the Sun Belt outside of ODU. The Warhawks never had a problem scoring points. This could be an upset. Tell me I'm right on this. Nothing would shock me at this point. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you look at it, like you said, Troy doesn't score a lot of points. And they're a 15-point favorite heading into this one. Sometimes they don't score 15 points in a game no. <laughs> and win. Uh, so that seems like pretty that seems pretty steep to me as a as a line there. But yeah, I feel like I'm thinking Troy's going to win, but I see it being another one that they just kind of grind out and let their yeah. defense save the day. I tell you, playing at Veterans Stadium is, is a tough thing to do, but ULM has, has played Troy for years and years and years and years. So there's, it's not like it's a new venue that they're going to be overwhelmed by. Uh, and, and, and there's something about the Warhawks. I, I can't put my finger on it, but they don't seem to give a shit. They just go in there, they play hard. They know they're sort of the underdog wherever they go. Uh, it doesn't matter who they're playing. The chances are that Vegas isn't going to like them. 
and they still somehow find ways to win games they're not supposed to win. They, uh, yeah, they beat the Cajuns, they beat Georgia State, two teams with tough defenses. Then they go up against Troy, who has a really tough defense. So they're not. It's not like they're they're, they're they can't win against teams with good defenses. It's the teams that have good offenses that they have the most trouble with. This is my this is my my pick of the week, Shane. I put some I put like a million dollars on it, and by a million I put nine dollars on it. I put nine dollars on this game <laughs> for ULM because I feel that confident. Join me in picking this pick. Come on, Shane. Make I'll join pick. you in picking it, but I would never join you in putting that much money on it. <laughs> nine dollars. Nine big rocks. I oh, I thought you said ninety. Okay. Oh no, that's, that's a little bit. Better. Nine, nine dollars. Okay. <laughs> well, I had left in my betting account. I said, "All right, I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna put it on on ULM." So I, I guess we'll see. I think I think you and I both agree that spread's a little generous. Uh, Fifteen points for Troy. That just seems a lot, but uh, we'll see. Next game, four o'clock, ESPN three. I told my wife I, I couldn't go out to uh, dinner with her that night because I'll be watching this game. Arkansas State at Texas State. The battle for the Sun Belt basement. Both teams, one and five in conference. Both teams, three and seven. Yeah, three and seven uh, overall. Meeting in San Marcos for a, a, a battle of the oblivious. You know, you're a creature of the East, I understand this. You probably look upon it with a little amusement. But Shane, what do you think? Well, this is the one you wanted to be the big rivalry, right? So they're coming in. I hate in, the boot caps. They're, they're, coming in, the bitches. they're coming in on even footing. It's, yeah, it's, it's a good game. <laughs> I don't know. I Honestly, I kind of like Texas State in this one. Arkansas State doesn't seem to be the team they were early in the season. And they were losing games early in the season, but they were losing games close to pretty solid teams. Yeah. And it just seems to have like kind of worn them down as the season's going on. And I mean, maybe we could say the same thing about Texas State, but they've been relatively competitive. I think, you know, they've got the lane train this time. It, it, I think it's a... I, I'm, I'm leaning towards Texas State a little bit at this one. Well, Texas State, they just lose heartbreakers. You know, they're kind of like, like I said, they're sort of the opposite of Coastal. They just do, just, they don't quite do enough to win. You know, they, they, they've lost a lot of one-score games this year. And, and here's here's my thing. I think the Red Wolves will be ducking a lot of kitchen sinks all afternoon. I think Spavadol in front of those home fans and from the home administration will be like will be like listen look this is this is what I can do let me unleash what I've got here's what we're gonna do they couldn't do that against South Alabama because South Alabama is a legit good team you can unleash whatever dogs you have against Arkansas State and see some results so yes even though uh, I, 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 I you know I'm a citizen of Arkansas State it's hard for me to pick against them I do feel a little scared. <laughs> about this game. I do feel like Texas State at home at San Marcos really has the edge. It's five and a half points for the Bobcats. Uh, Yeah. That sounds right. Maybe And as we mentioned before, I'm not sure this game is going to make much difference in the 
grand scheme of things. But the Texas State players might feel like they're playing for their coach to keep yeah. them around. I think it's possibly a factor. You know what? But there's also kind of a reverse there, Shade. Sort of a reverse figure four leg lock there. That, you know, even though you've got you know, the starting quarterback and the starting running back for the Bobcats, uh, having once played for Arkansas State and having a little bit of revenge factor, uh, there'll be some guys that really, really want to see, want to knock Lane Hatcher down on his ass and want to knock Lincoln Perry down on his ass, too. Uh, so there is a little grudge amongst A-State players, too. I don't know if it's enough to overcome all the, all the things Texas State's going to bring to the table on Saturday, but there, there's going to be some heat at that game. And, and, and maybe for the first time, I will finally get that rivalry that I've been looking for for so long, Shane, that hatred that I want. I want... I want hatred between these teams because I hate the Bobcats. They're sons of bitches. <laughs> I can't, I can't add to that. <laughs> uh, last game before we uh, we close out second short. Marshall and Georgia Southern, 5 p.m. ESPN+. Plus. Uh, you know... Uh, on the surface, if you just sort of glance at it, you'd be like, oh, all right, it's another Sun Belt game. It should be a lot of fun. But there's a lot going on here. Marshall needs this win. Georgia Southern needs this win. They need these wins if they want to see some postseason. Now, in my mind, I feel like maybe Georgia Southern's run out of gas. You know, they've had this sort of special season under Clay Helton, really changed the format. Uh, of their team playing in a style they've never played before and they have been playing it well. But I think we've seen the Cajuns kind of really exposed who they were. Uh, should put out the blueprint of how you beat them. You just beat them with, with competent defense, which Marshall has. Marshall also has a terrific run game under uh, under labor Layboard. Leading rusher in the Sun Belt. You know who's the worst team in the Sun Belt for defending the run, Shane? I'm going to guess it's Georgia Southern. It's Georgia Southern. So you can imagine Lakeford <laughs> looking at this and going, oh, I got to practice all my end zone dances because I'm going to be really busy. What do you see coming out of this game, Shane? I'm agreeing with you. I think, you know, you look at each team, they're kind of trending in opposite directions. And Marshall, like that we Laybourne can run the ball. They can keep it out of. They can run some clock. They can keep. They can keep Kyle Van Treese from putting up those quick scores that he's able to do when it turns into a shootout. And the Marshall defense is really good. I, I like Marshall in this one. You know, not that it would shock me if it goes either way, but just like I said, these teams are trending in opposite directions, and Marshall's the one that's going a little bit up right now. Yeah. I feel like Marshall's a team that's rediscovered its mojo and really wants to get that seventh win, which they need. <laughs> yeah. Because we've got the two FCS FCS games. Uh, I, 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 Vegas likes gives them four points. I, I feel like it's gonna uh, they're gonna blow past uh, that those four points. Uh, 
I know they're playing at Georgia Southern. Playing at Statesboro, Statesboro is no fun. Uh, but other than that, I think really that's the only advantage they have. Kyle Van Trees, let's give it up for him. He's had a great season. He's thrown a lot for a lot of yards for a lot of touchdowns. I just don't think he's going to do it against Marshall. But you know what it does? What what has happened is that we have completed. Another episode of Second and Short. Yes! We have crossed the goal line! Spike that ball, Shane. Yes! Unsportsmanlike penalty. We don't care. (laughs) We're through. We're done. Second and Short. We're the best. We did it without Dusty. It was hard. You know, but you know, we we ate our vitamins. We left 110% on the field. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, we had a game plan. We stuck to it. No one believed in us. And we, we, we managed to close escrow. So congratulations, Shane. Oh, thank you. Congratulations to you, Jay. <laughs> ah, so in the interest of closing out this episode of Fun Belt Podcast, let's go ahead and go straight to it. Plugs, promos, parting shots. You can have all three. You can have two or three. You can have one or three, Shane. Let's hear what you got. Uh, I can't think of a parting shot. I'll just do the plug. I'll just say. Okay. Okay. Just say, check out dnronline.com slash Sunbelt Extra and read about all kinds of good JMU and Sunbelt content. I'll just plug that. Excellent plug. I don't think Orson Wells could have done a better job plugging his wares than you just did right there. Congratulations. Good work. Thank you. What do you <laughs> I'm have? Gonna go, I'm going to go the same way. I'll, I'll go ahead and plug HalRazor.com. HalRazor is doing yeoman's work covering both the Sun Belt and the Red Wolves. Uh, have some analysis on the big Texas State versus Arkansas State. Hate trousers game. Read it. Check it out. Let's see if we can get this rivalry going because it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a game that... Uh, no, wait. No, let me pull that back. I don't know if it's going to be a good, technically a good football game, but there's going to be a lot of emotion on the field. There's going to be some grudges. There's going to be two teams that, that haven't shown out this year that are just desperate for a win, desperate for respect. They may not be playing for uh, a postseason berth, but they are playing for something that's more valuable, Shane. That's more valuable than any trophy you'll put in your trophy case, and that's pride. They're playing for pride, buddy. So <laughs> watch the game. Enjoy it. Uh, I'll be covering it via Twitter. I will not be in San Marcos, unfortunately. And with that, that is my parting shot plug and uh, promo. With that, I guess we got to say adios. Uh, we miss old Dusty. Like he should be back yeah. next week. Shane, where yeah. are you going to be this weekend? Uh, I'm going to start in Harrisonburg. Okay. JMU Georgia State football game. All right. And then as soon as it's over or as soon as I'm done writing, getting in the car with some people to get to Chapel Hill for JMU North Carolina basketball game. Sounds like an excellent weekend. I am jealous. It should be. It should be. <laughs> it should be fun. I will have my big ass on the couch watching some Sunbelt football all day long. Looking forward to it. Until then, my name's Jeremy Harper. His name's Shane Metlin. Dusty Thibodeau is off tonight, but we'll be back next week. And this has been another sponsorless episode of Fund Up Podcast.